0: Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. This morning I want to talk to you about who am I? Everybody say that with me. Who am am I? I? And uh, for a lot of you sometimes that can be a struggle. Even as adults, figuring out who you are. If you're a young person here this morning, if you're um, below the age of of 55 young person I'm talking to you you may not have figured it out yet you may not have figured out who you are Um, as young people I remember going to school in grade school middle school high school and you think one day I'll have it all figured out one day I'll know what my my purpose my passion my the plan that God has for me is what it's all about and you go through life and There will be periods of time in your life, even as an adult, even when you're already plugged in seemingly to what is your purpose and plan, and you're going, I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, or Lord, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Uh, Who am I? What am I doing? I know I ask those questions. That's that's exactly what brought me to the Lord when I was in my 20s, is Lord, there's got to be more to life than this. What am I doing? Who am I? Because I didn't like the person I was, I was at that time. I didn't like the things I was doing at that time. And I said, Lord, there's got to be more to life than this. And that's what got me on that journey. But this morning I want to talk to you about who am I and using some Bible illustrations of, of how God uses things that you would not think He would do. All right, so if you have your Bibles... What's your Bible? Raise, raise your Bible in the air if you have your Bible. There you go. I want you to turn right now to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians, it's right before 2 Corinthians. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 31, and it's on your outline for those of you that did not bring a Bible or an electronic device this morning. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 26, I want to read this. And if you don't mind, let's stand while I read this word. You can stand, right? It's good exercise, by the way. All right, starting in verse 26, it says the following. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were wise of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you were in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we thank you for your precious word, Lord. Your word is powerful. Lord, it doesn't come back void. It goes out, Lord, and it is life. Lord, it brings about life. And this morning, I pray that for every hearer that they would capture something that would speak to their spirit, that they would leave here changed, Lord, transformed for your glory and for your honor. And Father, I just pray for your anointing, Father, that I would be able to declare those words that would bring about life this morning. So Father, we thank you for this time in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. So looking back, I mentioned school. How many of you here, and just admit it? How many of you here were that star athlete? Raise your, raise your hand if you were that star athlete. You were the best athlete in your in your class. Okay, I'm try, I'm going to make a point here. How many of you, maybe in high school or in in a school, were voted the most likely to succeed? Raise your hand if that was you. And see, okay, I'm not seeing too many hands, right? I'm not seeing any hands. All right. How many of you were that popular person in high school, right? Okay, see, you know, there's a, there's a hand here and there, right? But my point here is that God uses simple people. He doesn't, he doesn't pick the best of the best. So in other words, if, if you're that type of person like, like I was when I first got saved, and even now, I, I look and say, God, You want me to speak into the lives of people on a weekly basis, on a daily basis that are texting me, calling me, and and you want me to speak into their lives. Who am I to do that? Who am I? And you may have asked yourself, Well, Lord, I'm nobody. Why would you ever think of using me? That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Because those scriptures we just read this morning clearly tell us the following. That God takes ordinary people like you and I, and does extraordinary things, amen, and it's through those ordinary people that God gets the glory, he's the one that should always get the glory, it shouldn't be the speaker up here, it shouldn't be the person singing up here, if that's happening, uh, run for that exit right there, okay, because it should always be God that gets the glory, amen, and so, God uses simple people. Verses 27 and 28, I just want to read those again to you. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put the, to shame the things which are strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. You see, God could take a next drug addict, the next alcoholic, a next tweaker, and, and, and God can use you greatly. Amen? God can use anybody. That means anybody for His purpose, for His glory. Because he, he gets glory out of a situation like that. And that's not to mean that if you were raised in the church, God can't use you. Of course He can. In fact, God does use you. But God wants to receive the glory in all situations. Amen? Let me, let me give you uh, some definitions here. When the, when the Word of God uses the weak things, the lowly things, um, essentially it's, it's saying a foolish foolish thing. Foolish, foolishness is, or a foolish person is a moron, a low intellectual, not head of the class. Hopefully that didn't describe any of you, but maybe that was you. And look at you here today. Now you were a child of the king with eternal life granted to you. Amen? With eternity, part of your future. Yet, back then, you weren't, wouldn't have fit into that category, right? Weak means to be physically weak. Anemic, without physical strength. Even sickly is what that word is when it's describing that God has chosen the weak things of the world. And then when he uses the word lowly, the lowly things of this world, without a proper pedigree, oh, God can't use you, you're from the wrong side of the tracks. Oh, God can't use you, you're not the right skin color. You know, that's the world that we live in. That's, those are the things that we've been told at one time or another. God uses every one of us, amen? And despised things that are looked down upon, scorned, Ridiculed and laughed at. Oh, that's just so and so. That whole family's always been like that. God can't use those people. God can't use those people. They're from those side of the tracks. No, they have to be of the upper crust, like us. You know, and and to think that way. Unfortunately, people think that way. People get stuck in a rut thinking that way. That God could never use you. Because of something someone may have told you at some point in your life. Have you ever been there? Has somebody ever said something to you that planted a seed of doubt in your mind? To think that you would not be capable of doing all that God is is wanting for you in your life? That's why we said that scripture this morning, Philippians 4.13. And, And say it again if you know it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Who strengthens you? Christ. It's not your strength. Again, it's through Christ that you can do all things. And these are the people that God has chosen. God's simple people. God's people that that we see in everyday life. He can use greatly. And I'm going to give you some examples here. Now, he didn't pick the, the mighty, he didn't pick the highly intellectual, or the, uh, uh, let me rephrase that, you are intellectuals here, you are mighty here, but he didn't pick the most intellectual, he usually doesn't pick the most mighty, or the most likely to succeed, but he can use those people to accomplish his glory, because the problem is, if you already are the most intellectual and you see that person doing well, you're going to say, well, it's because he's an intellectual. That's why he's doing so great. No. God wants to be glorified in every aspect of your, your life. Amen? So th- let's thank God that, that he can use the simple people in our lives. Amen? And that's all of us here. We're simple. even Even Paul... Paul was used in, in the Bible. I love the story about Paul and his conversion because here he was an intellectual. He was intellectual, but he's the one that wrote this scripture here. He's the one that basically he was taught by Gamaliel, a teacher of the law. He was a master of the law. Uh, Saul was at that time. And then when he, conver- when he was converted in Acts chapter 9... He had this conversion of experience that turned his life upside down. And from that point on, he began to, to tell, tell us things like this, that even though I have all this, uh, it's worthless to me. God uses the lowly things, the simple things. And he was one of the greatest. In fact, the Bible calls him the greatest of all of the apostles. Amen. And Paul was used greatly in a mighty way. Philippians 3.8, another verse that Paul penned. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Here was a highly intellectual person, and now recognizing that that is worthless, that's garbage. But what I do need is just putting my trust in Jesus Christ, putting my faith in Christ, because all of that stuff is rubbish. It's worthless, you know, and again, it's not, I'm not here knocking education. If you're in school, if you're continuing your, your adult education, you're still in high school, keep on going, keep on going. College, keep on pursuing those degrees, but don't rely and trust in that. Don't rely on your education. Rely and trust always in what Christ gives you, amen? We must give all. We all know that, right? Everybody say, give all. Give all. We must give all. That means our physical, our mental, and our spiritual. We may be average, but we have to give our all. It doesn't matter if, if, if you're a very simple person, simple-minded, far from this intellectual. If you give your all, you've done your best. And that's exactly what God wants out of each of us. Amen? Here's another scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 15. That uh, Paul Paul wrote. He said, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Again, God gives glory. He glories by choosing ordinary people like you and I. Ordinary people. We come from all walks of life here, every one of us. And what I love about our church here is all the different ethnicities that I see every Sunday. Every Sunday. We may have a small group here today, but every Sunday I see uh, 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 different various groups and I see a slice of what heaven is going to look like. And God uses every one of us. Every one of us. Amen? God glories by choosing ordinary people just like you. Amen. And here's our second point this morning. That God's sovereign power is what helps us to understand that. And verse 29 says this, that no flesh should glory in His presence. That no flesh should glory in His presence. That is so that, no, in other words, no one may boast before Him. You know, it's, it's a sad day when I hear preachers or anything say you know that they did this they accomplished that or it was because of their ability -uh, nah nah in fact I was reading this morning in Isaiah I believe it's chapter 14 that's the sin of pride and the sin of pride is what got Lucifer expelled from heaven and there's five occasions in chapter 14 of Isaiah Where Lucifer says, I will ascend up into heaven. I will, on and on and on. Five different times he uses the pronoun I. Be careful when you begin to say, I, and then you fill in the blank. Be careful that that pride doesn't knock you down. Be careful that you're not boasting without realizing that, wait a minute, God is the one in control here, not me, not me. Amen? Everybody say, God is in control. God is in control. Amen. 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 And why do we need to understand that? That it's God's sovereign power in our lives. Because we don't want to be the ones to be receiving the glory. Amen. If anybody ever comes up to me afterwards and tells me great sermon, which you're all welcome to tell me anytime you want. I always make sure to say thank you, or I try to say thank you, but, you know, give the glory to God. You know, I just thank God for giving me those words to speak. I always try to reflect it back to Him. Because I don't ever want to get... Puffed up with a head to think that, oh yeah, it's all me. I, I brought it this morning, you know. It's, no, no. So, exactly, amen. So, we, we got to be careful that the flesh does not boast and does not receive the glory, amen. Remember this scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, we're, we're saved by grace, not by our works, amen. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us that we're saved by grace, not by works, Lest any man should boast. Otherwise, we'd be saying, oh yeah, you know, listen to my testimony. Listen to what God did for me. And No, no, I came from something even worse than that. And we can all do that if we're not careful. And what happens is you begin to boast about what God is doing or done in your life, which is a great thing. It's great to have a testimony. It's great to declare it. But don't just be te- declaring it to boast about yourself. Boast about the goodness of God and what he's delivered you from. Boast about the righteousness of God and what he's helped you accomplish in your life. Amen? Amen? See, you can be used of God. And the way God wants to use me is to understand that it's his power, his power working through me. We're just the conduit, we're just plugging in to the outlet. Ever plug into an outlet that doesn't work? Yeah, and it's like, what's going on here? Hit the circuit breaker, right? Well, when you got that that circuit flowing and working properly, all you gotta do is just plug right in. And God's power begins to flow into you. And how do you plug in? By coming to church, coming to a small group on Wednesday nights, being in fellowship, being in prayer, reading the word. God wants to use you. And that leads me to this point here of availability is the greatest ability that you can give to God. Availability. Are you available to God this morning? Are you available to Him today, tomorrow? If He were to ask you, Hey, Justin, I'm going to pick on you, because he, He's here at 8.30 every morning, to help you set up. But, Justin, um, do you think you can do, you know, if God were to ask you some crazy thing, you know, we just got to make ourselves available. He makes Himself available. God uses Him, and I appreciate that. That is one of the keys there, is just making ourselves available To God. That is your greatest ability. Amen? And I'm going to go to my third point here. God's special power. So we recognize God has his sovereign power. And now we recognize that God's special power is what you need. Each of us need that special power. Verse 30 says this. Because of him, and I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, Because of Him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and that is our righteousness and holiness and redemption. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. Everybody say that with me. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. Isn't that powerful to know that? If the empty if we couldn't say that I am... I'd be like, Papa, I am that I am that I am, or whatever he said. And, and there's nothing more to that, right? But we all, want, we all know and recognize that Christ lives in us and through us. If I don't have a degree or ability, He has the degree or ability to work through me. Amen? I don't need a PhD and drive an LTD to be uh, a, a great man used by God. I can be a very simple person, a humble person, and God can greatly use you, every one of you here today. Amen? You may be retired. You may be uh, somebody that, that constantly says, well, God can't use me. You don't know my situation. You don't know that I, that I, that I, that I uh, struggled in school. I couldn't even read. I, couldn't, I, I didn't have no friends and on and on and on. Rubbish. Rubbish. God can still use you. God can use you mightily. God can use you for His kingdom today. Amen? How many here are living testimonies of that today? Amen? All of you are. Every single one of you. How do I know that? Because I was like that. And because I was like that, I know you're like that. See, we're all, we're all the same. We're all human beings. God didn't want me to do anything for, for Him. He wants to do something through me. He doesn't want us to do something for Him. He wants to do something through me. Amen? If we would only capture that vision, that understanding that it's not what you do for God. No. He wants you to be a conduit again so that He can work through you so that you can be used by Him. Amen? Serve Him through His power and ability. Serve Him through His power. See, He he gives you power to accomplish the things that you didn't think you could ever do. I didn't ever think I could get up in front of uh, people and begin to speak and, and share a message. But finally, when the Lord said, oh, no, you can do this, I, I began to believe in myself that I could do it. And now I can, but only through His, his Spirit, through His strength that He gives me. Amen? Yeah. Philippians 2.13, which is one of the greatest scriptures in the Bible. You know, it's hard to rate scriptures, right? But it's one of the greatest scriptures... For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. That's the key right there. God is working in you. God is working in you. Say that with me. God is working in me. God is working in me. God is working in me. Amen. He's working in me. You're a work in progress. Like we, we mention here often, we're a work in progress, and He's working in you 24-7, 365. You're not, a, you're not a finished product yet, not till we get to heaven. Will any of you here be a finished product? You're a work in process, in progress. Philippians 2.13 again, For it is God who works in you both to will and do for His good pleasure. Here's the thing this morning that I want to, tell you about. Stop being inhibited and become inhabited by His power this morning. Stop being inhibited. Far too many of us are, uh, uh, no, I don't I don't think I can do that. Speak? Or even do announcements? Are you kidding? No. Say? No, no, not me. Stop being inhibited and become inhabited. Allow the Lord to speak through you. For some of you, it may be natural to come up here and speak in front of a group. Others, it would be the last thing on your mind. Stop being inhibited. Become inhabited by the power of God. Let the power of God work through you and watch and stand amazed at what God does through you. Amen? It's not I that I live, but Christ that lives in me. And thank God for that. He lives in us and He gives us the life that we live today. Amen? Which leads me to say this, the life I now live I live by the faith, by faith in the Son of God. The life I live now, all my my objectives, all my uh, key thoughts are now different than they used to be before I served Christ. Everything I now point to is 180 degrees different than what it used to be before, and that's the way it should be in each of our lives. Amen. Again, God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He uses the weak the physically weak, the lowly, to, for great, great things in this world. He's used, um, how many have seen, what's the evangelist's name? His name is escaping Vukovic, the one with no arms and no legs. Is it Vukovic? Nick Vujovic. Uh, anyways, you should YouTube him. He's an evangelist. He has no arms and no legs. And he preaches the gospel of Christ and how good God is. No arms and no legs. Tell me that God can't use you this morning. Amen? God uses the things that you're going, What? How? How could he even have a positive attitude is what many of you may think here today. Yet he uses that man. And others that I've seen, people that give God the glory. He gives God the glory. He doesn't get the glory. God gets all the glory in that situation. Amen? Gideon, in the Old Testament, I remember Gideon. Remember Gideon? The Bible tells us that he was the lowest or the least of his family. He was the least of his family. So uh, however big his family was, he was the least of it, the least of that family. Yet God turned that man into a mighty man of valor. How how many remember that great story where he went into battle and, and the Lord had him downsize his army, right? Why do you think he did that? So that the Lord would receive the glory and the honor. See, Gideon had 30,000 troops, 30,000 ready to battle, ready to defeat the enemy. But the Lord said, nah, no, that's, that's too big. You see, if you go in there, everybody expects you to beat your enemy with 30,000 people. Let's downsize it. So they kept downsizing, you know, 10,000 then a thousand. No, no, no. So finally they got down to 300. 300 against thousands of people. Now, in battle, God was going to get the glory, right? And that's how God uses us. You may, you may be in a position in life where you're going, Lord, I don't know how I can possibly do this. I don't know how I can possibly get the victory. Well, remember, it's not you. It's the God that works through you, Amen. He's the one that's going to give you the victory. Amen. Uh, another example, and I'm going to pick on my daughter Raquel here, because I can, because I have the mic. Raquel, 16 years old, she'll come up here and preach the most awesome messages. And I'm thinking, I've got to take that note down, because I don't help her with her with her notes. I don't help her 1%. Not one. She does it all on herself. I'll read it just to make sure you know at the end but I don't give her any help in preparing it and saying anything she's ever said up here and it's like wow God's using her to speak so if he can use a 16 year old young lady why can't he use you today amen amen the lord will empower you when you give yourself completely over to the lord completely over that means casting everything aside and saying Lord I give you my all my all and if you've never been there at a place like that you need to do that today you need to begin to say Lord I give you my all because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired have you ever been sick and tired of being sick and tired I know I have and 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 that's where I came to that point in my life where I said Lord I give you myself my, my all I don't hold anything back anything back You see, here's the other thing that occurred with Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. Listen to those words again. The Spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. He had the Spirit of God. Everywhere he went, he was wearing that Spirit of God. Amazing. That is amazing. In fact, Judges 6 and verse 34 says this, but the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself and took possession of him. He was possessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a good thing to be possessed by. Because there's many other things to be possessed by uh, that I can think of. But that's a great thing to be possessed by. The Spirit of God. Amen? How many remember the story, the great story of David and Goliath? Who did God use? Did He use another giant to slay the giant? No. He used a little Mocoso teenager. That means a boogery little teenager. He used that person to beat a giant. The least of the least, right? The one that nobody even gave a thought to. The little shepherd boy that was out in the field that the brothers said, you stay over here while we go to war. He used that guy to defeat a giant. If God can use that little person that nobody would ever give a... a a second of their time to, what makes you think God can't use you? Amen? God can use you greatly. Here's what David said, because he was a man of faith. He had heard and dedicated from the the time he was a newborn uh, to the Lord, he knew the Word of God. And he came against uh, Goliath. He said, You come to me with a sword. I come to you in the name of the Lord. This day all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel, amen? He came in confidence because he knew the God he served. He knew the power that lived in him. He made himself available to the Lord, and the Lord used him greatly. He slew a giant, a giant. And not only did he kill him, but then he chopped his head off. Amazing, amazing. If Israel had a champion to fight the giant, if Israel had had a, a, a giant at that time, would God have received any glory? No, no. And I'm sure there were, there were greater fighters at that time, but they all shied away when they saw Goliath come out. They all stepped back and they said, Oh boy, this is one cage match I don't want to get involved in. And, and they stepped back. Even, you know, they, they had great warriors. But here comes this, this little teenage boy that the armor didn't even fit him. He had to throw that off and rely totally on the Spirit of God, on strength from God. Amen? And that is a great example. A teenage boy beats a giant with a slingshot. Who, who writes this stuff? Who could think of this stuff? Only the God of heaven that would get all the glory and honor in a situation like that could ever come up with that. God gets all the glory. And this morning, as, as I get ready to close... I want you to ask yourself right now, and and say this out loud with me. Who am I? Who am I? Child of God. Amen. Child of God is a great, great answer. In fact, it should be the first answer that rolls right off of your lips. But who am I? Let me let me read a scripture to you this morning found in Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says this, And behold, I will send forth upon you what my Father has promised, but remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. Here it's talking about when Jesus had ascended and he's giving his disciples a promise. In Acts, it's, it's mentioned in Acts chapter 1, and verse 8, where they receive power. Uh, he says, Remain in Jerusalem until you receive power. That word power is where we get our English word dynamite, and the Greek word is dunamis, which is power. Power. That's available not only to the disciples, but to each of you here today. Every one of you have that available to you. Who wants it? It's right here. It's in the Word of God. It's there available to you today. See, You see, God uses the underdog. God uses the simple, the simple people the ones that are not so caught up in their pride of how good they are, how good they look, how good they sing. He uses simple people for his glory. Amen? See, he uses those that are not known. How many of you here know that Billy Graham is the greatest evangelist of our time? Amen? But there was a there was a uh, shoe salesman that was used greatly to bring Billy Graham to the Lord. It wasn't the shoe salesperson that led Billy to the Lord, but this shoe salesman, uh, a lowly shoe salesperson, not not pointing any fingers here if you're a shoe salesperson, I'm not saying you're a lowly person, but in this case he used just a simple person, and, and he preached and shared to another person, and that person shared to another person, And that person shared a message that Billy Graham heard. God used a shoe salesperson. God can use a Trader Joe cashier. God can use a law enforcement DA investigator. God can use a person that works at the California Veterans Home uh, and the Veterans Administration. God can use medical technicians. God can use a farmer's insurance agent. God can use an engineer. At working over here in Vacaville. God can use a registered nurse at, at Kaiser and so forth and so forth. Amen? Are you getting the picture here? God can use every one of you here today. And God wants to receive the glory. He will receive the glory. Amen. All, all, all God has to do is, is, is just ask you this morning, are you available? Are you available? So I had two questions for you. Who am I And the second question is, am I available? Lord, am I making myself available to you? If not, help me to do that today. Amen? Help me to do that today. See, God uses the underdog to accomplish his will. Don't insult the grace of God by saying that God can't use you. That's an insult to God. It really is. If you ever were to say that, oh, well, God can't use me. That's an insult to God right there. God can do all things. Amen? He can do all things. God has been looking for somebody just like you today. Just like you. He created you for the task that He has has put in your life today. For the ministry He's given you. He's created you for that task at hand. He said you can handle this with His strength. And with His power, not your strength, not your power, because you have none, but with His strength and His power. Amen? Won't you trust in Him this morning to accomplish those tasks? Won't you put all your trust in Him this morning to say, Lord, I may be simple, I may not be uh, the greatest at, at anything, but I will make myself available to you that you can use me so that you can receive all glory and all honor. Will you do that? Will you raise your hand with me this morning and say, I will make myself available. I will make myself available. Amen. Won't you let him lead you and guide you every day, not just today, 24-7, 365? Let him guide you. Let him help you make decisions, godly choices for your life that will make an impact in eternity. Amen. That's what God wants for each of your lives. He wants to bless you. He wants to tell you again today and remind you that he wants to use you greatly. Amen. So again, I ask you, and and you don't need to say it with me, Who am I? Let that just ring in your your hearing right now. Who am I? Am I making myself available? Make it a point, starting today, that you're going to begin to make yourself available so that you can be used greatly for God, that God can receive all the glory and all the honor. Amen? Amen, amen. Let's close in prayer this morning. Father God... Lord, I I thank you for everyone here today and, Lord, those that couldn't be here today as well. And we just pray, Father, that you would help us and remind us every day to to make ourselves available, Lord, as as we continue to go through this process of life and discovering who we are. And, Father, I put my trust in you and I pray that for everyone here, that as we put our faith and trust in you and you alone that your Holy Spirit power would flow through us, Lord, that you would receive all glory and honor, that we would be able to be encouragement, that we would be able to help our brother, our sister, that we would not only encourage, but lift them up, point them closer to you, Lord, that we would be used by you greatly. Father, I pray that right now today, there's there's people here today, right now, that are saying, Lord, I've put you on hold and and, uh, I know I can do it, but I have put you on hold and I pray right now, Lord, speak to that person, speak to those people, speak to their spirit right now and just remind them, Lord, that you're still there, that you love them and that you do have a plan to continue to flow through them and that you would receive all glory and honor. And so, Lord, again, we thank You for what You've you've done, what You're doing, and what You're going to do, Lord. I'm most excited about that, what You're going to do. And, Father God, we thank You again this morning. Help us to be reminded of who we are in You, in Christ Jesus, that we can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. And we thank You in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.